the night has come, when the night has come and the land is dark, and the moon is the only light, and the moon is the only light, and the moon is the only light, we will see. When the Marnita here from Marnita's Table, and it, our team had to make a really big decision tonight if we should go live and talk about gratitude at a time such, of such deep sorrow um, that I know I'm feeling in my body. I'm hearing it from my aunties and my sisters and my brothers and my allies out in the world, this deep heaviness and this deep sorrow. Why did Marnita's Table choose to do our third podcast on gratitude? And why didn't we change the theme or reschedule on a night when many of us are mourning George Floyd? Make sure you say his name. He was a human who had his life extinguished at the hands of our police. Marnita's Table is a nonprofit and we are completely nonpartisan. Equity should not be a partisan issue. It should not be a political issue. It should be a human rights issue and an issue that under the laws of our country, we should value equity and lives of people of all colors, all classes, but we don't, which is why we're a mission-driven organization that built a model called Intentional Social Interaction. And we bring people together across difference to find common ground. And tonight, we are honored to be here again with the Back Pocket podcast team, our co-producers of Weather Together, our podcast series. We took some of the best conversations we've been doing from our community cast. And tonight we have Lauren and Alexis, although tonight they are Lex. Actually, Lex is pretty much always Lex, <laughs> or often Lex. <laughs> um, and Southside Low are here from the table team um, to talk about gratitude. They have been leading a successful practice and more importantly, a reflective um, and connective practice of gratitude on Tuesday mornings and will continue to do so as we live through this pandemic. Um, the pause and Decky Gratitude, you might have been to Too Soon Comedy in Crisis um, and some of the other conversations that we've been doing with them. We always go live on Facebook Live when we tape and then we always release on Thursday mornings. Isn't that right, The Pause? That is correct. Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Lovely. And so we'll also drop the link here at Facebook. You should be able to find it on LinkedIn, um, Insta. Uh, I'm not all that uh, tech savvy, but I have people who understand that. So now, for those of you who have been to a Dizzy, which is what we're calling our digital intentional social interactions, tonight we all are starting just by answering one quick question and kind of putting our voice into the space. Um, and it's, do you have one thing for which you are grateful today? And that's a hard question for me to answer because sometimes it's hard to feel grateful um, when it feels like we aren't really moving forward as fast as we could around equity. But today I am thankful and grateful that somebody I care about deeply, in fact, a couple, um, Penny George, and Bill George both dropped by my house today. They um, support our work. They built the healing from trauma work with us and funded that for communities of color. Dropped by, one sent a text and said, I've been up all night, I'm grieving. Um, what can we do? How can we help? I'm seeing right now at this moment, and I'm grateful for it, an allyship that I couldn't take for granted. Um, people starting conversations today with, wait, um, what? Let's talk about what's really heavy in your heart and what's happening right now for you. And so at a time of despair, at a time of sadness, at a, at a time of a, a discord, um, when we're seeing one group of people protest with automatic weapons and there is no tear gas and families out protesting peacefully and there's tear gas, it's hard to feel grateful. Yet I feel that my body needs it right now. Um, so to me today, I am very grateful for the allyship that allows me to do my work and allows me to hire people to do this work um, and to put our word out there because we are a capitalistic society at this moment. <laughs> and uh, 
actually being able to do the work and keep a roof over our heads is important. So for that, I am grateful that people are starting to really care about equity, starting to talk the talk and not just and not walk the talk and not just talk it or say that they believe in it. So that's my big gratitude today. And I want to send this over to Lex now. Lex, do you have one thing for which you are grateful today? No, uh, I have a lot of things I'm grateful for. Um, I would say today, one of the things I've been really grateful for is a little thing. Um, I have been rediscovering knitting um, and it's a really wonderful physical practice that again is a simple thing, um, but also a practical thing that uh, has been helping a lot with, I think, managing anxiety and, and um, change, you know, uh, and it's always nice to have uh, a little something creative um, and tangible to work on. So I was going to clarify a question on the knitting versus sewing. So knitting is like scarves and stuff, right? And then sewing would be like smaller, fine tuned things. Like if you, is, is it like knitting a scarf, right? That's what that is all about. Is that what you're going for? I mean, knitting can be many things. You can knit a garment of clothing. Um, the, the difference is it's a particular technique essentially of creating cloth. Um, whereas sewing is linking together different pieces of cloth to make something else. Right. So what are you knitting right now? Right now I'm knitting uh, something that's more of a meditative project. I turned 30 in August. And uh, so I'm making a 30 stitch scarf that I'm going to keep knitting until my birthday gets here. Um, and I try to make it a, a meditative practice with each stitch, something like a hope or a wish for the future for, um, you know, it, originally it started out being for my thirties, but I think that was um, pre pre quarantine. So, you know, I, I think I cycle back to a lot of the same themes in terms of my, my hopes and wishes for the future. <laughs> um, but uh, it's been a, a nice project to return to. That's really cool. You're knitting. A, it's like you're like with each, because like you're obviously thinking very deep and hard about each stitch, right? And it's like a very relieving thing for you. But in a macro perspective way, you're knitting your own scarf. It's like you're, you're creating your own makeup. I think that's phenomenal. I think that's really cool. Thank you. Uh, I think that the beauty of it is that in fact, you don't have to overthink it. Um, and although my intention has been to be very intentional about each, each stitch at a certain point, you kind of disappear into the work, which is really nice as well. For sure. Sorry. We were doing intros, correct? Yes. Yeah, and I was toss it to you, Lauren. Oh man. Well, you are not the first person this week that's talked about, um, uh, knitting or sewing or doing any type of weaving as a meditation practice. So I find that fascinating that that keeps coming up for me. Um, and I guess one of the things that I'm really grateful for is just community in general, really neighbors um, and people just reaching out, some who have moved away and some who still live here. And yeah, just people feeling rooted and feeling connected no matter how much time or how much space is in between. It's, 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 really, it's really nice. And I'm just thankful that I can be a part of it. And I'm gonna pass it to the pause. Thank you, Southside Low. Um, I am grateful for um, being surrounded by, again, leading off of what you said in Southside Low with community, being surrounded by people who are active, who are activists, who are trying to make change, who are using their voice wisely and um, kindly and but um, tactically at the same time. Um, being a recent graduate, and I don't know how long I can continue to use the recent graduate tagline after two years, um, <laughs> but being a recent graduate, you, like in college, you, you, I mean, going to a liberal arts school, you hear about all the things that like you, you hope for about 
um, positive change and, you know, making the world a better place. Um, but I'm able to, at two years out of school, um, be involved in communities that are wanting to, you know, step up. And after seeing George Floyd um, being murdered, um, and then seeing the community that I've surrounded myself with over the last two years, creating my life now that I'm away from my parents, I put myself in the situation where I can be um, an activist with the people alongside of me. So I'm grateful for um, the work I put in to now be able to be in the situation that I am. So I'd like to pass it to Decky Gratitude. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I guess in that similar light, I'm just thankful for in the simplest form, just the opportunity. Um, that opportunity spans far and wide. And what's the, the coolest part about it is each opportunity leads to the next thing. And if you go back and listen to our first podcast we did with Marnita, we kind of highlighted, you know, why we started working together, how we started working together and what it's grown into the last eight weeks. And that was simply because we built everything from week to week, opportunity by opportunity, and now we're in a situation where we get to talk about something that is pretty monumental and I would say the scope of our history. And uh, I'm just thankful to be here for it. And like, again, it's not because of we just fell into the situation. It was, it was because each and every one of the people either listening or in this conversation took advantage of an opportunity. So that's what I'm thankful for. Yeah. And it's interesting. So, you know, we're, we're talking gratitude tonight. If you joining us live, ask a question. I'm actually not even re watching it. Normally, are you watching it, um, The Pause, on Facebook Live? Because um, I know you're very good at answering questions. Right. I'm logging in right now, actually. Okay, good. Um, so just <laughs> in case anybody has a question, because, you know, people are reaching out. People are right now wanting an outlet um, to talk. This is just the time when I say Weather Together is open to the public. This is a recorded podcast episode. It is a co-production of the and we are so excited to have you here. And I've got to say, hey, Southside Low, can we just call you Low? I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I actually love this silly little rename thing. I don't know if anybody else gets pleasure out of it, but tonight I'm grateful for it. Uh, it's a bit. So I want to introduce somebody um, that I have the honor to know, and I get to work with this person. Um, Alexis Trinity uh, just graduated last weekend and they'll tell you all about their, uh, th th their new master's degree. But um, this is somebody to me who has taught me so much about myself um, and helped me view the world in a completely new way and is literally to me the embodiment of excellence and brilliance. Like I, um, somebody I really look up to and respect um, and somebody who is, um, is grounded. And that's why we, uh, that's why Lauren, that's why Southside Low, Lex and Amina have been leading the gratitude sessions on Tuesday mornings. You should come and join us right now. Um, if, if you're feeling a need to rejuvenate and, and you have some time on a Tuesday morning. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you to Alexis Trinity and let them tell you about who they are and and a little bit about their voice. Thank you, Marnita. Those are very kind words. Or excuse me. <laughs> Thank you, Om. Om. <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon, uh, and it will probably take me the entirety of the podcast to get accustomed to the uh, uh, for the evening nicknames, but. <laughs> It's silly. It's just a thing. You don't really have to call us it. I forget all the time myself. Oh, hey, silliness is a great thing to be grateful for, I think. Um, and I certainly uh, push back against the idea of, of being any sort of uh, particularly special guest. I think the beauty of um, complicated moments is that they create an opportunity for any of us to um, step in and begin to contemplate where we can be grateful and where we can hold space for ourselves and for others uh, to kind of grow through and heal through the kinds of things that affect us as individuals um, on our own journeys. And, and of course, also as families and communities and uh, collectivities in a, in a larger sense. 
And would you just, uh, why, why do you think, um, how, how does gratitude inform your life? Does it, um, do, do, is it something that you actively practice? Um, do you find it beneficial? Tell me just a little bit about that. No, no, I have no use for gratitude. But, uh, <laughs> is that what we're here for? Yeah. Yes. No, I know, but I'm just, I'm just having you expand a little bit more because I think some of, some of the insights I've heard you talk about with gratitude, you know, for me, um, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm most grateful. Oh, I, I was just leaving the meeting. I didn't mean to do that. Um, when you go back to share screen, it pops up and makes, gives you the choice. Like, do you want to leave the meeting? And you like, for some reason, instead of sharing the screen, you think you want to leave the meeting. It's insane. Um, that that I, I find myself, you know, if I ever do get maudlin, you know, how much it does help to remind you like, know, having a warm bed to sleep in you know, having a warm bowl of soup on a cold day, like really basic things that um, I was very intrigued by something you said in the lead up um, as we started and you said, well, I, I feel like this is a really good thing to talk about and you can say it in your own words, but uh, I've suffered a number of deaths re recently um, in our close family circle and people always want you to be happy immediately. And I, I'm really interested in exploring gratitude as it relates to going through trauma um, and the role gratitude makes in having us be able to get up and live another day and to push forward um, and to keep taking breaths and to know that we're worth taking breaths. So, but seriously, Tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're getting dizzy with us. And you kind of did, but tell us a little bit more. I want to hear everybody. Why you're getting dizzy with us on this topic? Low. Go. Uh, I love this topic. This is one of my favorites. Um, we usually call this series Be Well anytime you have a, a health and or wellness conversation, but I appreciate the shift towards gratitude, especially during the time of COVID. Um, I think it creates a space for people to talk about the good. Um, and sometimes it feels uncomfortable to talk about the good when you know other people are struggling. Um, and it gives you a space to talk about the not so good and the in-betweens and the shifting between the two. Um, and I think people just need space to, to talk about their emotions and how they're feeling and what's going on within them and outside of them um, as a, a part of processing. And so that's, that's why I love this topic so much. Um, I'm happy to be one of the co-hosts for that conversation. Yeah, uh, I love the idea that um, it becomes one of those, like, uh, like amplifying gratitude is really all you need is the same kind of energy you need to breathe. Like breathing keeps you present. Amplifying that gratitude gives you that fresh jolt of energy of like, okay, I am where I'm supposed to be. These are the things, these are my collectibles. These are the things that are, you know, I hate to plug my own podcast, but these are the things that are in my back pocket. These are the, and the reason being though, is because we've always had those things. We've always loved those things and they've never left us. And that's why there's like that trust and a bond. Um, but then you, but then, you know, how do you move forward? What do you, what do you use to kind of progress into the future? And the future's tough sometimes. So there's a lot of anxiety associated with the future, a lot of unknown associated with the future, a lot of things that, um, you know, generate uncomfort, but what could you do? Like, what could you use? to uh, push yourself. And I, that's, again, coming back off that idea of the conversation and like you guys creating this platform. I love it. Yeah. It gives you your reason to move on your reason to keep going. Right. Like what are you, yeah, yeah I feel that. Mm -hmm. and, and then to further that uh, and play off my, my name for the night, my name's Andrew, but I'm going by the pause tonight. And I think, what this conversation and you don't mean like kitty cat paws either 
Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> not P-A-W-S. The pause. Andrew does not like cats, I don't think. <laughs> don't put me in that box, but... <laughs> but correct. I'm the pause. And with that, like this conversation is a pause in itself. It challenges me every week. And I was telling Declan this at the end of the last conversation, like these questions are hard. Like you actually have to think deeply and critically about your own personal morals, your character, yourself. And if you want to be genuine with your responses, whether trying to be comedic like we have in the past or, you know, talking about food in the kitchen, um, and now talking about gratitude, like you have to think internally. And this is a pause. COVID itself has created a global pause. Um, George Floyd yesterday creates a pause. And how? what, what are you going to choose to do in that situation? Um, so I... I get excited. I'm, I, I, again, I was talking to Declan, but right before this, like I get, I get very excited to have these conversations because I don't have them all the time. Um, so I'm grateful. That's all really beautiful uh, roots and reasons. I, um, I really love the idea of gratitude as a practice. I think for good or for ill, I often tend to value things in, in relationship to their utility. And for me, gratitude as a practice is one of those things that, um, you know, really can ground and center you in the moments when you need it absolutely the most. Um, you know, I, when I think of gratitude, I think of cherry blossoms in Providence where I went to college. And I think about uh, the immense pressure that I often felt um, as a first-generation student, as a you know financially self-supported teenager and then young adult, um, there were moments when I, you know, I felt so lucky to uh, have this opportunity and was working so hard. Um, sometimes, perhaps too hard to the point where, uh, you know, there's a point at which you push your body beyond what you can um, can do in a really healthy way and. Uh, I remember one year in finals and and I was pushing through trying to meet this deadline um, that with a little perspective, I might've considered arbitrary. Um, and it was spring and it was beautiful. And I went outside and sat underneath the cherry blossoms for a little while. And I didn't listen to anything. I didn't have any screens. I didn't have any coffee, my uh, signy coin on for anyone who knows me. Um, I just sat under the cherry blossoms and kind of listened to the birds and uh, just felt in my body and felt such gratitude, not for the, you know, sort of larger, grander kind of scope of things, but just for that moment of sunshine and beautiful flowers and, you know, the, the whole world sort of being alive around you. And I often think about that moment at moments like this, you know, where um, it's, it's a hard day and we were joking a little bit before we started recording about uh, you know, in, in some senses, uh, and to varying degrees for, for all of us, it, it has been a hard week and a hard year and, um, you know, a, a complicated world. But um, I think having the opportunity to reach out and grasp something as simple as life, your life, the life that is all around us, um, can remind us of the possibilities that exist in resilience and the, the sort of beauty of living through any particular moment, even yeah. with very difficult ones. Lex, when you were talking about those like hard times where you pushed yourself to a moment where you physically could not go forward or where you um, sounded like you just had some insane mental toughness in my mind. Um, but is there kind of like a moment or a time or maybe a feeling that you had associated with that? Like, I'm just really curious on tapping into that kind of mentality of like, pushing yourself so hard to the point where, you know, you're just exhausted. You're mentally exhausted. Like I would love to hear either like a story or some sort of feeling um, a moment of peace there that I just, I'm, I'm curious in. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, I think like for me, the, the beautiful moment is, is sitting under the cherry blossoms feeling like, wow, you know, uh, I'm alive and <laughs> the world is, is alive all around me. Um, but I also think about, the root of that kind of grounding and centering moment um, in, in kind of my own ancestral history. Um, so I mentioned I'm, I'm the first person in my family to have the opportunity to graduate from college. 
Um, but growing up, uh, somebody that I was really close to, my Nana, was someone who, um, who had fought really hard for her own opportunity to get an education. She had gotten uh, married really young and started a family while she was a pretty young teenager herself. Um, in, you know, she, she and, and my grandfather had a, a grand romance. They um, grew up in, in Kansas and Missouri, respectively. Um, and, you know, had, had kind of a hard time. And I think uh, as a kid, they were really important figures in my life and had um, worked really hard just to be able to afford a home, to be able to raise their family. Um, and when my grandmother was 30 was when she, she actually went back to high school and got her high school diploma. Um, and a few years later, she became a grandmother for the first time. Um, you know, and I remember growing up cooking with her in the kitchen and sewing with her and uh, laughing with her. And um, I remember how, how much it meant to her to have that um, little bit of something that she she did entirely for herself, uh, and she never made a big deal about it. And you know, my my grandparents uh, eventually lived in a, a trailer park uh, themselves. I lived in a trailer park for a period of time growing up as a kid. I lived in a lot of different places in a lot of different contexts and moved around a lot. Um, but that that sort of central relationship um, taught me a lot about what matters. And when I think about gratitude, I think not necessarily about the kinds of ambition that have um, sort of structured my life. I think not necessarily about the things that I want to achieve in my career or, um, or professionally, but I think a lot more about those human connections. I think about cooking in the kitchen with my family. Um, I think about sitting under the cherry blossoms in college and realizing that you know, any given paper is not going to decide your life or your career or um, the, the meaning and the possibility of a given day, particularly uh, if you're not taking time to, you know, figuratively smell the cherry blossoms or, or to grieve or to feel, you know, my, my grandmother died of, of colon cancer when I was 16. Um, and for a long time, I didn't really grieve that um, and kind of put a lot of myself into work. And I realized uh at a certain point in college that that the things often that ground and center us that give us the reason to do any of those um, you know sort of exciting or hopeful things that that we have as visions for the future for ourselves or our communities our families um, is often much more simple and closer to the heart and learning to value that is probably one of the things I'm most grateful for uh, even as I continue to be on that learning journey now. I love that. Yeah, you actually touched on one of the topics that seems to come up quite often um, during the gratitude conversation that people talk about family and like their positions in their family. And if you just take a look in, at time and you pause for a second and think, oh my gosh, like, I, I can't even imagine what it must have been like for, you know, my great-grandparents great, 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 great or, you know, even my parents and how much I have access to just being born at this time in this country, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's come up a lot. And I'm really thankful that you shared a little bit. I, those are stories that I haven't heard about you. And so, yeah, those are beautiful. Oh, I went too far. Oh, what did I just do? You know, this kind of goes on to the next idea that we always, every time we do um, one of our podcasts, whether together, we answer this, the same three questions to start always all of us. Um, and the next question is, if they only knew, and I think sometimes, um, I've seen it this week, where we started meetings and I've slowed down the meeting just for us to be sure we're in our body. And um, how often if they only knew that they could actually stop and be human and maybe tell you that their aunt died and that they're feeling a loss um, before, instead of just bushing through an agenda in a conversation or um, how often um, I remember seeing a story uh, or reading a story 
I can't remember what book it was in. It was like one of the getting the love you want or it was a self-help book, but it describes um, a man getting on a, 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 getting on a bus or a, a subway and he has several children with him and they're kind of acting up. The kids are um, kind of bouncing off the walls and the dad is just sitting there kind of not paying attention um, until somebody sitting next to him says something like, you know, why don't you watch your kids? And the guy kind of comes out of a daze and says, oh, I'm so, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. We've been at the hospital, you know, for two weeks with my wife. She was very ill and she just died. And none of us are, you know, doing very well right now. And of course, the person who, you know, has accused the man of not paying attention to his children um, immediately kind of goes, it re, you know, it changes the entire lens of why somebody would be in that space. Um, but this idea that we live in bodies and bodies, um, it, 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 you know, if they only knew that I'm just a human in my body um, who feels pressured to always be perfect um, or not to demonstrate any weakness, um, if they only knew I needed a little bit of comfort and kindness, um, if they only knew I feel really broken right now, like I'm having this conversation and I'm partially tracking news outside the realm of this conversation. And apparently there's been tar there's been looting at target or something. And, you know, so this is one of those things where it's already being used as a sign of um, black bad behavior. Right. Um, that so suddenly something that happened two days ago with somebody being murdered on camera they won't probably show that anymore, right? They'll show somebody stealing something from Target um, and making that an indictment on all black people and then assuming that, um, and then basically making the argument, that's why they have to be rougher with us. Um, and they only knew that it's hard to feel grateful when that's what people automatically think about you. Lex, what if they only knew in your perspective? I don't know. You know, I um, I don't know about this particular prompt. Um, I feel like my relationship to others and knowledge, in a personal sense, is often that I would rather people know less than more. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. See, uh, yeah. So, only, I, so the answer is, if they only knew nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's all right that they don't know i'm i'm perfectly comfortable with that <laughs> generally speaking uh at least uh in a personal sense like i said um i think i'll pop it to decky i'm curious what yeah. of this um i think i think actually one thing that i uh i like in this situation is uh if they only knew what it's like to um just listen, just, you don't have to say a thing. What if they, what if you only knew that all kinds of action and things are, and positivity could happen if you just didn't say a thing? Like there's a, there's an aspect of like listening for me. Like I, I talk all the time. I'm again, the white comedian podcaster who loves to talk and I'll, and um, I just, I really like the idea of when I'm around greatness, uh, i.e. the four people in this uh, Zoom call with me. I think I need to shut up sometimes and just listen. And I think that's like really what I'm trying to do my best here. And I think I, I just love it. But Marnita, what you said earlier, uh, I wanted to ask you, you said that you were a little bit unbroken or you feel you, if they only knew that you were broken, that's what you said. I would like to know what I could do, what we could do and what maybe um, a greater population could do to mend you back together, to put the pieces back um, and get you back to where you need to be. Well, I think it's going to be hard to erase, you know, 300 years of collective trauma, historic trauma, but I guess to make a movement, like, you know, some of it's happening, but um, that you know, I if, I could, this way? Um, if I could wave a wand, it, you know, it would be about equity. It would be about, um, it would be about people 
uh, not excusing. I mean, for me right now, it's, I, I, I use examples in, in this. I, I have a few little pat phrases I make because remember I grew up um, as a black person in a very white rural community um, where I actually didn't meet many black people until I was an adult. And so I was fed a lot of white supremacist stories about black and brown bodies. Um, and so when something like this comes up, I find myself attempting to dismantle like what I'm seeing, what, what I've been taught in my brain. Um, and so I have some analogies I use, and I think you may have heard this one, but one of the things I talk about a lot with um, IPOC is, you know, we never suggest Italians need to solve the problem of the mafia before they deserve human rights, right? We don't say, ah, oh, until Italians get out there and solve the mafia, we won't, we don't, we're going to think they're all guilty of crime, right? We don't do that. Um, yet how often we suggest, uh, you know, we see adult men, you know, walking around with weapons, you know, semi-automatic weapons. We, you know, this isn't George Floyd, you know, just last week we were looking at video of Ahmaud Arbery. You know, we were looking at um, two men who got in their car, you know, and chased down a person. Um, and the excuse was, oh, he was looking at a construction site. Um, so what would make me less broken is if I didn't go out on the intertube, interweb, interplace, and see white men justifying it. They are criminals. We're better, you know, it's like, uh, last time I checked, we have innocent until guilty in this country. And when did the supposed crime in, crime in one of them was looking at a construction site and hey decky and the pause um when you were you know you guys are young men do you looking at earth movers and do you like seeing what's happening i do i walk around construction sites sometimes to see what they're doing if it's open like i if it's not like i don't like this idea that um Anyway, I've been talking too long, but my point is the way to heal me um, probably maybe just to listen to me talk. Um, we did. I, you know, you know, that that's kind of it, you know, like to listen that it all doesn't have to be perfect and interconnected and coherent, right? It can be incoherent that there can be pain and like, we need to stand in solidarity with these families but also how do we move forward justice? And so like one of the things that you're doing um, right now is you're helping to carry the voices of POC, IPOC, um, and indigenous and people of color and people who are marginalized and otherwise um, maybe don't have access to things like tools to help us support a practice of gratitude, things like that. So more of that, more of that, like Oliver Twist said, more please. And I'm going to go to low, Southside low. Um, I'm slightly uh, relieved at Lex's answer, actually, because I was thinking um, in response to this question, if they only knew, they don't need to know to treat you like a good person. You know, like they don't, they don't really need to know, you know? And I think sometimes when things like this happen, you know, we want to tell all the reasons why this person that died was valued um, or valuable. And they don't need to know. Like, <laughs> you do not need to know all about this person's life and all the great things that they've done, you know, for their life to be worth it. Um, and I think that that's something that I'm even learning, you know, like not having to explain why, um, why things matter to me. Um, and I had a really good conversation with a friend yesterday and we were just talking about how immediately when something like this happens, you have to try to understand um, person who committed the crime first so that we can argue our way backwards to explain 
why the other person is valuable, right? And it's like, why, why do I have to do that, right? Like, why do I have to see um, and, and first give compassion towards the person who harmed the victim so that I can like explain the scenario and why it hurts. Um, and if anything, I feel like what I should be doing right now is going within and thinking, hmm, if I only knew, right? Like, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What conversations do I need to have with myself? Um, and that's where I've been this week, so. I'm gonna pass it to Decky Gratitude. Oh, did you already go? You already went, the pause. Yeah. Pause. Yes. I pass it to you all the time. You're like my go-to. <laughs> Um, if they only knew, um, what influencing the one person actually leads to. Um, and I know that's cliche and it's, it's her, it's said over and over and over, but, um, trying to positively influence a person across from you or trying to influence a person across from you day to day will lead to one person influencing a thousand people and those thousand people influence a thousand people. And then next thing you know, you've influenced a billion people. Um, and just a little simple thing that's happened uh, just this past week, um, heading up to the cabin for the weekend of Memorial Day weekend. Um, I was grabbing gas down the street and a woman was like, hey, do you have $2 to fill up my car? And um, I just pulled out my wallet. I had $4. I handed her $4 and um, enlightened her day. She went into the gas station, um, came out and filled up her car. And she said, thank you a thousand times. And I hope that $4 was used for what she said, um, what she wanted to be used for. Um, but that simple act of positively influencing her, you would hope would lead to the next person. And um, if they only knew that, you know, that continuous act is what brings change. Um, that's, that's my little, little spiel there. Love it. Well, the one thing I was going to say, um, you know, I've come to the conclusion when somebody is in poverty um, and the, uh, going back to gratitude um, that, you know, I realize that we have some very equity-based notions around, you know, I've learned to give money with no strings attached. And if, if that person actually, if I were homeless, I'd want to be drunk all the time. Like, right. <laughs> to be honest, like, like I actually think that I, I know so many white upper middle-class people who after a day in the office, right, where they're making 150000 a year, go, I need to go home and have a glass of wine and then sort of begrudge somebody who's poor, um, having, needing to be drunk when they're living on the street and don't have the ring of love around them. Like, I think that, like, so, like, I, I, it's funny, but I do feel like we were primed. Like, like, the impulse to be kind and generous is there. And then it's like, I hope they used it. For, I was like, did it make... Uh, you know, I really actually heard you saying, I hope it made her life better. Right. Like, and, and even like, you know, look at the ways in which we get sold things by leaders, right. Or other people, you know, that I think sometimes we expect behaviors from the poor and homeless and people to be eternally grateful, eternally. Um, I was standing in a store the other day and I was looking at, um, it, it, it was it was food, and it was the cereals that were WIC approved, right? And all the cereals that are WIC approved, you know, God forbid a kid could have a box of Frosted Flakes on their birthday if their mom was poor, right? That, um, and yes, they're horrible and they're pure sugar. But how many of you got something as a kid that you were really grateful for um, that was a special treat, you know, for your birthday or something? And how often we penalize as, as though, you know, uh, you know, if you ever see this, the, the, you know, the, I call them tales of the apocrypha um, stories from people who are talking about welfare or something. And it's like, well, I saw them use it and they had a birthday cake and they had, it's like, why wouldn't you want a five-year-old to have a birthday party? 
Why would you have such a limited view of the world that if they were poor, they deserve to have no ease, no comfort? Um, and I guess I'm grateful, you know, um, what was I thinking <laughs> going to the last thing? And it's just, we don't have to, you know, belabor it, but there have been times that I have learned because I, I am grateful that I'm getting stronger and making better decisions about um, who my allies are. And I, um, I have a few family members who, um, who, who believe that I want to be a victim um, and that I want to whine and I do not want to work hard because of my positions on race relations. Um, and I had to make a decision this spring to give some of them up. And I realized, what was I thinking trying to hold on to people? It's kind of like trying to hold on to a bad boyfriend who doesn't like you. Like, why do you want to be with somebody who doesn't want you? Why do you want to, you know, um, I don't have to beg somebody to see me as a human. Uh, kind of what Southside Lowe had to say a moment ago. Um, I don't have to beg. So what was I thinking even trying you know, um, and I think maybe what I was thinking was a little bit what, Aunt, you know, what uh, the pause just said, which is I was thinking that people, more people could see humanity, more people would be ready to set aside and how could using some kind of practice of gratitude help them move it aside. And I don't know how you felt this prompt, Lex, but it here it is at you again. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Um, this is, I guess, another tricky one for me. I think a lot of the work that I've done around gratitude and grounding is centered in a place of, of learning how to look back with compassion at myself and at others um, and spending, I, I guess, less time thinking to myself, what was I thinking? Um, <laughs> You know, I think uh, there's a certain point at which, um, you know, and I say this as a person who, again, is is very attuned to the practical, to the utilitarian. Um, I consider myself somewhat amoral uh, and pragmatic, but, you know, um, at the end of the day, there's a certain point at which a, a hypercritical lens becomes a way of shutting down rather than a way of opening up to what is possible. And I find that I think I'm better able to respond from a place of resilience when resilience is what is needed and from a place of firmness when, uh, when steadiness is what is needed. And, and not maybe, you know, adapting, but, but standing true to your own integrity and you know sometimes that requires I think a different skill set um and for me I'm, I'm much more attuned to that I think when I learn and practice again back to this idea of practice when I practice the skill of relaxing around my instinct of judgment and moving into okay you know what can I learn from the decision that I made what can I learn from um, you know, the experience that I had that was so negative or that was so hurtful, whether that was based on my actions or someone else's actions or my interpretation of someone else's actions. You know, I think so much of the stories that we tell ourselves can be laden with, um, you know, with, with suffering that, that maybe isn't necessary or that maybe isn't helpful, which is the place that I come to a lot. Perhaps more than necessary is the, the helpful bit, you know, that, like I said, I think I often respond more appropriately to the moment and the, the resources of the moment, the challenges, the gifts, the lessons of the moment, when I give myself the opportunity to breathe and to say, again, you know, not, not what judgment do I need to make about what happened or what I said or what they did, um, but how can I learn about myself, others, our relationship to each other and the power um, that we each hold to participate in that, you know, and while admittedly like, <clears throat> certainly in terms of, you know, social and structural and institutional barriers to equity, obviously, um, you know, power is not always equal, but, but I think grounding in what we can control, um, for me, it has been a practice that takes me again back to that place of not so much what was I thinking, but what can I learn from what I was thinking?
That's awesome. Love that. Yeah, I like that. See, now I'm now I'm like feeling like these are. What was I thinking to write these questions? <laughs> no, they were learning though. They were great. <laughs> but actually, I love what that just elicited because I think that that's a whole in context to gratitude, right? That's a um, a different way of completely looking at this topic. Which, which is what makes it different. Because I'll tell you, Lex, uh, when we did the what was I thinking about cooking, there were some very funny things. Like, what <laughs> was I thinking when I added, like, like you know? <laughs> you can only imagine. I think that's the beauty, though, about a, a creative or an imaginative question, right, is that it asks you to reflect on um, myriad possibilities, some of which may not be immediately apparent to, you know, everyone who's reflecting on that question. And I think that is... I is something that we can all learn about and laugh about and really connect over, you know? And, and, I, and I, 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 I have to say, Deckies is probably something to do with hot yoga. What was I thinking? I'm just joking. Oh my God, uh, I love well, hot yoga. You, know you're, up the right, you're up the right avenue. Uh, what was I thinking? I mean, I could go into a multitude of things, right? Like almost everything I do, everyone looks at me and they're like, what the hell is he thinking, you know? Uh, a good example would be like me doing a slip. We did a, a slip and slide this weekend up at the cabin and uh, I scratched my back or my uh, like chest up and it just looks like crazy vertical claws from the, um, from all the grass and stuff. So like people could look at me and like, what the heck was he thinking? Um, so, I mean, I could go into plenty of details, but I think what's fun about this question is not necessarily, or employing the idea of what am I currently thinking so you don't have to worry about having the regrets of saying what was I thinking because to be honest while everybody else may be thinking what was he thinking the last person that is thinking that or having any sort of doubt is me I'm not I'm not doubting any of the of the dumb decisions or mistakes I have but I'm also using kind of my reflection tool to understand like okay what am I thinking right now what am I wanting to do what what am i currently doing right now how am i thinking through it i think asking those questions um has always served me well and i hope more people could do it you just brought me back the slip and slide <laughs> did you see that video with like plastic that we like put out on the side of our house and then get the hose and make it happen that's exactly that's exactly what we did we brought a like it was like a racing, like two people could go on the slip and slide at the same time, but it was meant for three-year-olds. And it was literally like 20 feet long and like five, four or five feet wide. And two full grown men were going at it on, at the same time uh, as part of this game we were playing. And it was just absolutely hysterical. We were putting uh, soap everywhere. We had water. It was great. Was that you and your roommates? Yeah, we'll we'll send you the video after. It's a slow mo video of me going through. It's beautiful. <laughs> we'll be very grateful. And I, I thought that was very Cartesian of you. What am I thinking? Am I here with my hands in front of the fire? I thought that was very philosophical. <laughs> of, it, it was. Thank so you. Southside, Southside Low. Uh, mine's kind of sad. Well, no, not really. I mean, I guess my what was I thinking this week? was thinking that I could be sad alone. And I think I'm just the type of person who's like, I can do, I can do by myself. Like, I don't need to call anyone. I don't need to talk to anybody. And you guys have to understand, like, I come from a very old, like, old community. I'm the youngest of a ton of kids and everybody's so much older than me. So I go to funerals literally, like, three times a quarter. Like, it's, it's just a part of kind of, you know, my life. And I don't ever cry. And so I was shocked, honestly, at like the emotion that was bubbling in my body this week. I was not anticipating it. And I think like I had a friend that for some reason could sense and text at the right moment, like as soon as I'd started bawling, like, are you good? I was like, no, I'm not good. And she called and it was perfect. And it was exactly what I needed. And I don't know. I guess I'm just shocked that it took me two decades plus some to figure out that that's kind of necessary in life. And here we are. Mark this day in your calendar, ladies and gentlemen. Very cool. Anybody else? What was I thinking? I can wrap it up with a what is I thinking question. 
what was I thinking? Um, two, well, so this yesterday was a full year of me being single after being in a relationship for two years. And what was I thinking at the end of that relationship, looking back and thinking like that, like, did I just waste two years or did I, um, you know, looking at it as a time where I didn't learn anything like right after that breakup, but now being a year removed from that and, um, and reflecting on it, what was I thinking right initially after that breakup? Like, why did I choose to be negative in that situation? And I think it goes back to, um, what you were saying earlier, Marnita, about how it doesn't need to be perfect. Um, what you say in a, in a very given moment or what you do in a very given moment doesn't need to be perfect. Actually, the flaw is what actually um, leads to more growth than, initial, than you try, than you actually, if you were to do it well the first time, the, the flaw, the error, the failure is the actual growth. Um, so after a year being single um, and looking back on those two years, I'm super to tie it back into the theme, grateful and and thankful that uh, I challenged myself in those two years to you know be intimate with my girlfriend and and try to work through a relationship. Um, but I'm al- I'm also grateful that we chose to go separate ways and do it out of respect. And we're still you know f- uh, quote unquote friends. I don't know how you, I don't know how people feel about previous girlfriends and stuff with, but uh, we're still friends. And that's you know it's all part of life. And I'm happy to be sitting here today. Um, and looking back on that, knowing that I grew. Yeah. We're going to fix you up with a Kongsha anyway, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we watched yeah. that one night and you were like, so I went, we were watching that. It was like, uh, Lex, uh, we have an amazing, uh, person joining us out of LA. Who's, um, they're, they're a really funny comedian who works at Disney. Um, who's a friend of Elijah's. Um, and has been joining us, was joining us all over comedy nights and they're stunning. And, 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 and the pause, the pause was having a pause. So she's like, I, I like goofy white guys. What was that? She's like, I like goofy white guys. And the boss was like, you do. It was really funny. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so, it was like, really, I have a play. I have a, I have an opening here. It was adorable. I was grateful to be there as part of that. That's beautiful. So I'm going to go to the next thing. Um, and I want to actually, uh, we made the questions about grieving. How long does grieving last? Um, how is collective and community grief? But I wanted to give a chance, Lex. Um, would you like to lead us in anything, just even breathe, a breathing exercise or something um, that we could center ourselves or the audience out in the world could center themselves just from audio, whether you want to lead us to breathe, anything. Anything, if you make us want to wiggle, anything you want to do with us, or you can answer any of the questions on the screen. You have your choice. You know, I've been moved a lot lately by moments of collective silence um and i think one of the things that really speaks to me (laughs) so to speak about silence to pile a bunch of ironic puns there um is the the opportunity to really connect with your body and with your breath in a way that works for you so maybe we could take a moment you know we've been talking a lot about uh laughter and gratitude in in the context of grief and trauma um so perhaps we have a moment together uh, to just hold that space.
So I hope you are feeling settled in your body, in your breath, in your lungs in this evening, as much as each of us can be in any given moment. Uh, I certainly am. And feeling a lot of gratitude for having had a little bit of time to check in with all of you and hold some space together and breathe and talk um, and be grateful together and uh, separately. Thank you all for having me this evening. I do have to step away in a little bit, but um, this was a lovely moment to connect. So I thank you all for being a part of that. Lex, it was an honor to have you. And you know what? You know you have to do this before you walk out. So we might as well just give it to you right now. I'm going to throw it to you right now. Is there one with others this week? Indeed. Uh, I have been learning new cooking techniques with my siblings. Uh, so I think my brother and I are going to try to try out a, a new cooking technique this weekend. We haven't decided which one yet, but that is uh, definitely a way we, we plan to share joy. And I will throw it to uh, Om. Uh, I think I'm going to share joy with others this week. Um, just by maybe what Decky said, really listening, just being a better listener. I'm, I need to work on that and I'm going to try that. And that's how I'm going to share my joy. The pause. Um, how can I share joy? Um, my younger brother moved in with me this week. Um, he's working with my older brother who lives uh, down the road. And so the three of us are together and I hope to see them and spread joy with each other because it's pretty cool. We haven't been together for quite some time. And I like to pass it to Southside Low. Three musketeers. Uh, I am going to. Uh, I'm watching. I'm going to continue watching a show with my nieces and nephews. It's a weekly show. I think I always try to focus on like listening to people and having conversation as a means of becoming closer and um, like making them feel better. But sometimes just sitting together feels so good and brings so much joy. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'll pass it to Decky Gratitude. Ooh, I love it. Um, glad I get to finish with this. The one thing uh, that I could do to share joy with others this week is to, uh, what we do physically in circle sharing is I just want to go and give someone a hug that clearly doesn't have COVID or, you know, close family member or something like that. Cause, um, I just need to know that they're there and I need to know that uh, I'm thankful for them. And that is uh, true joy right now is thinking of doing something like that. So it's been an honor to have you Lex Decky, the pause Southside low. Thank you so much for that practice of gratitude, Lex. I just say the other thing I've been doing that maybe some of you will appreciate is um, my son. I'm grateful that he lives in my house, but when he was a kid, he read manga. And um, he loved Fruits Basket, and they've relaunched a 2018 version of Fruits Basket. It's a remake, and um, he and I have been watching Fruits Basket together. And um, Teru Honda, uh, the main girl character, is so lovely. Um, it, it, she's her mother's dead, her father's dead. Like she has this horror. When we meet her, she's camping in the forest uh, to not be a bother. And just, and she's sort of this extraordinary person. Um, and so if you haven't ever seen Fruits Basket, I'm watching anime. I love you. I just, it's been an honor to be here with you tonight. Thank you so much. Minneapolis, you are my city. We love you. Be safe. Stand strong. We are here with you. And to the rest of the world, it's time to love your neighbors as you love yourself. It is time to come together and solve our collective challenges. And one of them is that we keep pulling apart. From the back pocket, Decky, the pause. Wanna say peace out to anybody real quick from the back pocket? Yes, thank you for everyone that has, you know, been this far along in the journey with all of us together. And, you know, like we say on this podcast specifically, we're grateful to have you. So thank you very much. It's an honor, Southside Low. Thank you for all you do for us, and we'll see you next week. It's been an honor. One for all.
more It's drastic time for sure We need an antidote and a cure Cause do you really think Muhammad got a problem with Jehovah? We don't want war Imagine if every prophet was alive And current days amongst you and I You think they would view life like you and I do Or where they sit and contemplate on why do we live this way? Act and behave this way We still live in primitive today Cause the peace of the destination in war can't be the way There's no way So people just be a woman, be a man Realize that you can change the world by changing yourself And understand that we all just the same So when I count to three, let's change All for 